Welcome to On The Clock. It's the Atlanta Falcons edition today here on Forward Progress, a part of the Hammer Betting Network. If you're new to this series, basically what we're going to do here is we're going to mock the Atlanta Falcons draft this season as if we were in the position of the general manager. And when I say we, I'm going to introduce our guest for today. You know him if you've watched Forward Progress here before. If you're new to him, great guy, huge Atlanta Falcons fan, Ian McMillan. He is the host of the Bacon Bets podcast. You can download that wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also check out the YouTube channel as well, Bacon Bets. Some good master's picks and stuff like that. I'm sure that was pretty fun to film there, Ian. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, I, I chose the wrong of the two uh, top guns. I went Scheffler instead of Rom for the Masters. But uh, yeah, Masters was fun. Ready to start digging in some NFL draft stuff. All right. First, let's get into your fandom. You're Eastern yes. Canadian guy. You're in the yes. U.S. now but you are an Atlanta Falcons fan. How did that come to be? It came to be because I started watching the NFL or at least starting to get into it uh, when I started playing football back in like 2005, 2006 maybe. Uh, and I didn't have a team. Uh, obviously no Canadian team in the NFL. Uh, I had a lot of friends who were Patriots fans and I hated the Patriots, so I didn't want to cheer for them. So I bought the Madden video game, I think it was 05 or 06. I think it was Donovan McNabb on the cover. So I think that was 06. I created a player, put him into the draft in like their superstar mode and said, whatever team drafts my player will be the team I cheer for for the rest of my life. So as fate would have it, my player was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and I've been a diehard Falcons fan since then. It wasn't too bad when it, when it first started off because that was when, you know, that was the pre-dogfighting Mike Vick days. So uh, right. I had a couple years of Mike Vick and then it's, Largely been downhill since then. Obviously, the 28-3 that I have to live with uh, that haunts me uh, almost every day of my life. But um, I'm in it for the long haul. Well, eighth overall pick in the draft this year. Got some potential upside in Desmond Ritter at quarterback who was drafted a season ago. Before we get into the needs for the Atlanta Falcons, I'll bring up the depth chart really quickly. Just curious, generally speaking, we're going to put you in the shoes of the GM of the Falcons. What's going to be your draft strategy? Are you a guy that's going to draft positions of need? Do you think the Falcons are just so far away from being competitive now that you maybe just draft the best player available? How are you going to approach this draft? Yeah, Robin, this is where I think myself and I think the Falcons uh, uh, management executives kind of differ on this opinion. And that's why before I went live, I even asked you, should I draft as if, you know, I uh, how I would like the Falcons to draft or how I think they, they should draft? Because it's two very different things. The Falcons are adamant that they draft the best player available for the most part in recent years. That's what it's been. They've been vocal about that. You saw they, I mean, they, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL uh, and they drafted a tight end in Kyle Pitts. Um, and now for some reason, haven't really thrown to him as much as they probably should should be doing. Um, but I'm going to draft for need. I, I don't believe in that. I think maybe if you're either one of the worst teams in the NFL or one of the best teams in the NFL, then maybe draft the best player available. But we have so many holes and actually, if we fill at least a few of them, I actually think we can be somewhat competitive, at least in the NFC South this upcoming year. So I, today, will be drafting for need. Well, that's the thing about the NFC South. And and I, I kind of like that strategy in general, but the division's all, like, it's not that far from grasp for Atlanta this year. Right. When you think of the fact that Carolina's also rebuilding, Tampa's going to be rebuilding with Tom Brady not there. The Saints go out and sign Derek Carr, but I did a Saints mock draft couple weeks back as well they still have a lot of team needs as well especially on the interior of their offensive line they couldn't generate a pass rush this year so it's not like the Falcons are all that far off let's take a look at their offense heading into the year as it stands right now 
looking top to bottom, anything stand out as you, to you here on the offensive side of the ball of like, this player was really poor last year, or we just need to improve at, at this overall position? Yeah, offensively, there's two big needs that we have. Uh, number one is probably the most obvious when you're looking at the depth chart, and that's a number two wide receiver. We have Drake London, we have Kyle Pitts at tight end, but we don't have a number two. We signed Scotty Miller and Matt Collins. Rob, I, I don't think you would call either of those guys a true number two receiver. So uh, we need another number two guy at wide out. But what I think might be a little bit of a bigger need um, is on the offensive line, which actually right now is a pretty solid offensive line for the most part. Uh, we uh, got Chris Lindstrom, who arguably the best guard in the league. Uh, we re-signed mm -hmm. Caleb McGarry. We have Jake Matthews on the other side, but we still kind of have a hole in the interior. We don't really know what's going on in the left guard position. Uh, Jalen Mayfield didn't play last year. He didn't have a great rookie campaign. We'll see if he can kind of take a step forward, but you know, not a lot of high hopes for him. Drew Dahlman is an all right center. Uh, we'll see if he progresses. He's still pretty young in his career, but there is a pretty big hole there on the interior between the left guard and the center that I'm going to see if we can shore up in this draft a little bit, or at least add some depth to it. So um, I, and this is actually one thing I've been seeing, and I've been taking a look at some mock drafts. Some people have us taken a quarterback with that with that eighth overall pick. I think that's ridiculous. The management have been very clear that Desmond Ritter is their guy. Bringing in Taylor Heineke to back up him if something does go wrong with Ritter and he doesn't pan out. But like I'm seeing people take Will Levis eighth though. Like why would you take basically a guy who is going to be at like the same level as Desmond Ritter? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So quarterback is not a need, even though a lot of people think it is. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to ask you about that in particular. The combination of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke is not going to excite a lot of Falcons fans going into the year. So I think that there's the thought of, okay, maybe if a player falls into our lap, we take him at quarterback. But uh, I like what you said there as well. I, I think they used draft capital on Ritter last year. They want to see what they got. Uh, unless it's somebody like, you know, Stroud or Bryce Young falling to the right. end spot, which I, I, you know, is never going to happen. I think that no. would be a different story. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. So obviously in the offseason, um, they bring in Calais Campbell, which is nice. Um, David Onyemata as well on the defensive line. So that's addressing needs at defensive tackle. But just from my perspective, not a Falcons fan, an average general NFL fan, I see some major issues with pass rushers and probably depth at corner here, Ian. Yeah, you nailed it, Rob. And one thing that it is important to note looking at the defensive depth chart here is that bring it, they brought in Ryan Nielsen to, for their defensive coordinator. They're likely going to switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3, so the depth chart is going to look a little bit different than what uh, we're seeing there right now. But yeah, pass rusher. like Just like the Chicago Bears can never get a good quarterback in the draft, the Falcons are just doomed to never get a good pass rusher. We just can't rush to quarterback we never have been able to it seems like never will be able to uh so we definitely if in if we are going to switch to a 4-3 that's especially the case as well uh because Grady Jarrett probably play the inside I guess Calais Campbell on one side we need someone else uh on the other side so we need another pass rusher for sure uh and then we need some depth at corner because uh AJ Terrell that's the jersey I'm wearing I'm a big AJ Terrell guy he did take a bit of a step back this past year but still he's going to be our number one guy uh, but then you have Casey Hayward on the other side, who's uh, at the in the going into the, his last year of his deal. Uh, he got hurt last year. I think he only played six games. Uh, he's certainly not young. Uh, so we need we need a number two corner to play on the opposite side of AJ Terrell. So cornerback is definitely a huge spot. 
Uh, we address safety signing Jesse Bates, uh, which is going to be huge for this mm-hmm. defense. But corner and pass rush are, the, are, are the, definitely the two areas the Falcons are going to probably, at least I hope, and we're obviously going to get into this, uh, patch up uh, with the eighth overall pick. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of mock drafts in the early going here. And I'd say in probably 99% of the mock drafts that I've been looking at uh, year to date so far, the Falcons either address edge rusher with the eighth overall pick or cornerback, I guess if Christian Gonzalez falls to them. But uh, Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy as edge rushers seem to be pretty common picks there. And honestly, curious your thoughts on this as well. But seeing as how the Falcons are, let's just say they lack impact players relative to a lot of teams in the NFL. Curious what your thoughts are in general on potentially trading down. If you have tons of picks available to you there, uh, or at least a number of different players that you can pick for, do you consider trading down with the eighth overall pick? Yeah, that was actually something I was going to bring up. Kind of depends. I want to see when we run this mock draft who's left for us. But yeah, because they don't have an early second round pick, so I I think trading down could could be an option. Load up on on a few more picks. I would like. I wish they had uh, an early second round pick. I think there's uh, some immediate holes they could fill in there. But uh, yeah, I think that's an option. I think it all depends on how the first seven picks gonna uh, shake up. All right, let's get uh, right into it. So as usual, if you've been watching this series, it's going to be the same settings as always. We're doing all seven rounds. We're drafting the Atlanta Falcons today, and we're going to keep the pro football focus settings the same. If you haven't watched any of these other ones in the series, make sure you do so. There's a playlist right here on the Forward Progress channel. Subscribe to the channel. You'll get notifications when we go live in the future. Going to start with the speed on slow until we get to the eighth overall pick, just in case somebody drops and we want to stop the clock and say, hey, let's, you know, try to trade up or something like that, which um, Fabian Somer did in the Seattle Seahawks draft, the last one that we did on on forward progress here. But uh, you ready to go, Ian? Yes, I'm very excited. I love a good mock draft. So do I. Big fan of doing this. (laughs) Uh, Probably one of my favorite series that I've produced in a long time. All right. Carolina Panthers starting the draft and uh, CJ Stroud. No surprise. Bryce no surprise. Young, yep. Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson. So three of the top four picks are quarterbacks. Jalen Carter. Oh, yeah, that's a bit. Oh, of Tyree okay. Wilson. So there I goes was, one. Edge I was rusher. hoping Tyree Wilson was going to fall. And then Will Levis goes to the uh, the Raiders. So we're going to have options here at eighth overall. There's four teams that are willing to trade up at this spot. Washington with the 16th pick would be the the Mm. highest that we could trade down to. Uh, Devin Witherspoon at corner. A lot of people really like him. Christian Gonzalez at corner. But I think consistently speaking, I've seen Witherspoon going higher in drafts. Um, If we do want to go down the list, we do have edge rushers available. Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Pro football focus isn't so high on Miles Murphy. So you see his ADP and his rank down there, but he's definitely been mocked to the Atlanta Falcons at this spot as well. So uh, talk me through your your original thoughts here, Ian. Yeah, a lot of different options here. Uh, obviously, uh, you still have the, the the two corners. I think if one of them was gone, then I think that might be just the obvious pick. But with this many guys left here, um, including the, what's the, the Iowa pass rusher? Um, yeah, Van Ness. A lot of mock drafts I'm seeing the Falcons get him as well. Um, so we have some options. I wish though, I wish if we could trade down, I wish there was a pick higher. What, what was Washington? 18, 16, 16. 16. Yeah. So you risk losing 
Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a precarious spot because there's no one, you know, you drop eight picks and it could be all the corners and all the top pass rushers all off the board here. I was hoping, and I've, I've run a couple of these since he asked me to come on, I was hoping the Texans were going to give us an offer to drop down to 12. I think that would be uh, a little bit more tempting. Um, what If we explore the trade option, what can we get back from Washington potentially? So if we're looking to get their second round pick this year, that would 100% be accepted. We could try to load in another second from a, a future year. I don't think a first in a future year would ever be accepted. So you're basically looking at a, a couple second round picks as compensation. Yeah, I don't think I, I think we got a draft then. So then in, in this scenario, I think it, I think we just got to choose between one of the two corners. Uh, I've seen a lot of mock drafts taking Christian Gonzalez. I think Christian Gonzalez is maybe the little bit more, at least from what, from what I'm reading, and we'll take a look here. Um, a little bit more of the athletic player and Devin Witherspoon seems to be a little bit more of a. Yeah. Kind of Devin Witherspoon's pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. 180 pounds. So he's pretty thin. They compare him to Darius Slay. Um, good speed player. What's his role? Island number one quarterback. That sounds pretty good. Um, struggled with penalties in college. So we have Devin Witherspoon and we have Christian Gonzalez as an option. Christian Gonzalez played at Oregon. And if we look at Christian Gonzalez compared to Dominique Rogers Cromarty, um, effortless movement skills for his size. So he's a bigger player overall, 6'1, 197, uh, verse, more versatile quarter, cornerback. I, I don't think we could go wrong with either one, but I'm going to give you the selection and decide who you want to take with the Falcons pick. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with. I actually like, because this is going to go against the ranking and the ADP here, but I actually like Christian Gonzalez better. I like his versatility. I like his size. I like his athleticism a little bit more. Also, a thing about Devin Witherspoon is that he really only had one good year, I believe. I think he was a completely average player until his last year. Had a great mm -hmm. 2022, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of like Christian Gonzalez a little bit more. You know, you know what? I've seen this very interchangeable in mock drafts. Depending on which big board you look at, some have Christian Gonzalez ranked ahead. So I don't, I don't think that this is wrong by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to go ahead and take Christian Gonzalez. I'm going to set All the right. speed to fast so that we move pretty quickly up to 44. And here we go. Be interesting to see whether or not uh, Pro Football Focus likes that pick later on. Sometimes you make the best picks. You think it's going to be great. And PFF just gives... They come in and they shit on you with that D plus rating, you know, Ooh. like they did to Suma last week. It's well, what's, what's going to kill me even more than that is if I get Falcons fans in the comments ripping me apart. That's going to that's that's pain when your own that's when your own fan my... base is shredding <laughs> yes. you. I, I will say PFF has identified the Falcons needs as quarterback, wide receiver and edge quarterback. So the fact that they didn't put corner in there, which I don't agree with, is uh, will probably hurt the draft rating. But it is what it is we march on. So we're now at 44th overall. I will say another thing, a name that we hadn't brought up, and I'm seeing, a, unfortunately, a lot of Falcons fans who want this to happen is Bijan Robinson to be taken eighth overall, which is, I think, a massive leap. Maybe if they do that, like that theoretical trade with Washington, go back all the way back to 16, but they they just got Tyler Algier, a third yeah. round draft pick who rushed for a thousand yards. Like, why would we, why would you take Bijan Robinson? But I'm concerned that they might because of the Falcons draft strategy, which has been to take the best player available. They might just take Bijan Robinson. He did go to 16th to Washington in this mock draft, but I'm kind of with you. Like I'm not a running backs don't matter guy. Like I don't agree with that. I think right. that there's definitely impact players that mean something, 
but we've seen so many bust high-end running backs yeah. essentially and so many that just come out of the seventh round and produce at a high clip in the nfl i just yes. don't think that there's a, a need when you have so many positions to fill why go why go running back yeah. at eighth overall i, don't I agree it. all right so we're here in and around um 44 six trade offers available we have Thule. i'm gonna butcher his name so i'm not even gonna go for it because i don't want to offend edge rusher usc uh nathaniel dell who's in a lot of drafts from houston which pff's really high on yeah but tends to not go at this spot steve avia would be a decent pick here yes. at guard uh as well and i've seen him mocked in second rounds to falcons and other drafts as well yeah so just going down the list here um i'll, I'll get your thoughts yeah, those were actually the exact three that I'm thinking about here as well. Um, that is there a trade offer that maybe we can get? Go down to 48 with Detroit. 48. Can we get back? They're f- probably not their 55. It's probably not going to give it to us. We would have to like throw yeah. in something. Uh, yeah, it would have to be the 75. Is that going to work if we do? If we threw in the 75, we almost certainly will get this done. Pick at 44 and so pick at 48 and 55. Yeah, because there, there there is a group of players that I'm just cons- like, I, I, I that we could get at 55. I just don't think they would drop to 75. If you want me to offer it, I can go ahead and offer it. Offer it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Get on the phone. They rejected. They rejected. Unbelievable. Un- the Lions organization <laughs> takes a severe hit in my books. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, let, let's 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 draft someone then. Okay. Edge rusher, guard. Um, Nathaniel Dell to... is an interesting option too, but I just think it's a little yep. bit too much. I think it's a little bit of a reach for him at this spot, a little bit though. Yeah. They, so PFF has been really high on him uh, in general, and that's fine. But like most mocks are like big boards. He tends to go in like the 70 to 80 range. So I do think that this is a little bit high for Nathaniel Dell. I actually like taking Steve Avia. It's the Ellis silent one in there. Uh, I think shoring up the interior of, of our offensive line. I think this is a good spot that we can get him in at. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's the pick. I agree. I think this is right in about the range that he's been mocked as well i've seen him go as high as the uh the low 30s or upper 30s 37 to seattle in a lot of these mocks as well so steve avia come on down shore up that interior and uh we're waiting all the way till picks numbers pick number 75 here now this is where it gets always tricky because we get into the prospect range of like i don't know who this guy is this is more challenging oh nathaniel Nathaniel dell is still there for us yes so and and this is more consistent with his real life, I would say, um, because this is the ADP here is heavily influenced by the fact that PFF puts him at 44, right? Right. So a lot of people draft him highly. Real mocks, he tends to go in like the 70 to 80 range. So I think that this is solid value for a guy with high upside. Although I will say Nick Herbig from uh, from Wisconsin is still tempting in the spot because we still do need an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Just checking out where Herbig's uh, Herbig's all over the place. Um, I think <laughs> depending on mock drafts, he goes early third round all the way down to like fifth round. So that that's an interesting one. Well, yeah, let, let's go Nathaniel Dell. Okay, let's get it done. Houston receiver. There we go. 
I mean, if you're going to develop Ritter, you got to give the guy some options to throw to, yes, right? Correct. Got to give the guy some options to throw to. Can't rely on uh, Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller getting oh, yes. all that. Scotty Miller's not getting it done. He's not getting it done. One ten. Um, so we could filter by position. We could just go down the list. We do have an edge rusher in Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, who looks to be of very solid value. Um, and this is in line with his real life draft positioning, I would say, uh, on big boards that I've looked at. Then we get yeah, into let's, halfback let's just territory. just go down the list here. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting a center, but I think we can do that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm getting into reach yeah. territory. Yeah, so let's go. I think that's kind of the obvious pick, isn't it? Is the uh, from Bowling Green, Carl Brooks. We need Carl an edge Brooks. rusher. Decent value yep. here. Shades of Marlon Davidson had a great career. I mean, he is a big boy though. Like is is he actually here's the here's the challenge I have with him, right? 64 300. He has more of like a defensive tackle build. Yeah, you know? and I don't know if that's what we need here. Like I feel like we need with like quickness. a true speed edge rusher. I I don't know. I mean, he he seems like a guy that you shift around all across the offense uh, all across the defensive line. Like just looking at it, he did play a lot of outside tackle last year. So maybe not a horrible pick, but I'll, I'll give you the final say. Uh, can we can we sort by edge rusher? Like yes. if we go, if we stick with edge rusher, who's our next best option here? It's a uh, Colby Wooden. Colby Wooden, who yeah, this is a huge reach for him. Colby Wooden would be uh, yeah. I mean, looking at other consensus big boards, he tends to go in like the one forty range. So I think it's it's now or never uh, i don't know that carl brooks is like the prototypical edge rusher he's like more of a rotational d lineman but from a value perspective yeah i think value perspective i think this point in the draft you just got, got to take the best guy who can kind of fit the system a little bit yeah let's let's go carl brooks okay this was the pick that that atlanta acquired from tennessee so we're gonna have another pick the actual falcons uh fourth rounder here at 113 beautiful immediately So, so far we got corner, we got offensive line, we got wider. So we got kind of one of each of the big needs so far. Yeah. I wouldn't mind adding some more um, uh, secondary depth. Yep. So we want to sort by corner or... Um, yeah, I don't think I could sort by secondary. Yeah, let's go safety first. I see that guy from Iowa State, but look at the difference between the ranking and the average, the ADP for uh, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, this is this would be, uh, in my opinion, super super high to take yes. Anthony Johnson. Um, Ronnie Hickman, I think, is it's more of a not reach, but still a little bit high. Um, tough to say. Uh, let's take let, let's take center. Actually, I think I saw a couple there on the big board close to the top. Okay, center. Oh. Am I drunk? Interior offensive lineman, I think, is there's no actual center. Uh, yeah. And I'll get rid of the safety filter. Juice Scruggs, um, Olusagun, Oluwatimi, Michigan. Still. We have still. Uh, a few options here. 
just yeah. go back to the big just the big board one more time there's still th those guys just seem like a little bit too much of a stretch there to get them at yeah, this point i agree with you so chandler zavala now honestly this might be the halfback territory if i i mean it might be i'm not forcing you to take a, a running back but fourth round is not exactly the biggest reach when you have you do have good players available um Let's take a look at uh, the Wake Forest defensive lineman there. Where did I miss him? Yes, Kobe Turner. Kobe Turner. Let's take a look. Is he going to be an interior guy, or is and he? This is very much on the edge. Uh, I I'm going to take a quick look at that now. Um, but snaps by alignment, most of it was a gap and b gap, so it does seem like he's playing interior. We don't have a, a scouting report on him. 6'3", 290. So definitely a, just a pure interior guy. Yeah. It's a tough one here, Ian. Tough one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go Tank Bigsby. Okay. Let's just get some value. Let's add an offensive weapon potentially. Let's go Tank Bigsby. I think we can yep. get other positions I'm looking at later in the draft. So we're going down to 159. With Tank's big, Tank Bigsby, I will say I would never pick him in the second round. I have seen him mocked as high as second round. Great value pick. Yeah, I like it. So we got four picks left. We're at number 159. We still have Anthony Johnson available here. Yeah. Which is um, corner, Corey Trice. We do have an edge option in... Villami Fehoko, edge for San Jose State. Um, we didn't get like a true edge guy yet, right? Yeah, I, I was looking at that San, uh, San Jose State guy. Let's let's take a little click on him and see what his uh, the old clickeroo he's looking like. Uh, San Jose State. I mean, I like the, I like the uh, the grades. He lines up outside tackle pretty much exclusively. Yes, six four two seventy six, power player, inside outside versatility. Near unblockable. Near unblockable. It's, it's unblockable like see, is a pretty good trait to have. I, I would say so. When when your when your job is to rush the quarterback, being unblockable is pretty good. Uh, are we good to go and lock it in? Yeah, that's the pick. That one's an easy right. one. And now we're going to fill our late round quota here at 224, 225, 245. Let's get there. I've done so many of these drafts now that it's actually absurd how like I know the ranges. Right. It, it's 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 nuts, man. Two twenty four. Oh boy. Okay. I mean, if Anthony Johnson's still there, if we yeah, we got it. Yeah, some safe some safety depth. Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, this is an A plus pick, right? Did it come I out mean, that it did he did he rip a bong with a ma like a mask bong right before the draft? I, I, I don't I don't know if there's any information or how the PFF like other mock computer teams look at this. He switched from corner to safety too. So Perfect. He, I mean, yeah. All right. I'm just gonna go and rip that one. Yeah. Just like Anthony Johnson might have ripped the bond. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Oh yeah, we have the next pick too, two twenty five. Uh we have quarterback uh, available, Corey Trice. 
Where's yep. Corey Kreiss's real life draft position? Um, 138 average draft position. Don't know if he was ripping bongs with Anthony Johnson Jr. <laughs> yeah, but... They're caught in, caught in a video of ripping mask bongs together. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll leave it up to you, but I, I feel like that's a pretty strong pick at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Do it out. Made it and easy we go for to us. 245. And now there is a certain player that I hope is still available at this pick. I don't know. Tell me it's a fullback or a kicker. I'll laugh. It is not. Okay. Who who is uh, who did you want to be available at this pick? The pride of Georgia. Georgia. How how is he? Like, do I have to scroll through the list or just you can go by position? He's probably yep. he's probably not still here. Go by position. Go ahead and click quarterback. No, he's not. Oh, Max Duggan's still there though. I don't hate that. They, I always look at the seventh round picks to be like a project quarterback, even though we already sure. have a project quarterback. I mean, Max. Um, Duggan I was hoping Stetson. A... I was hoping Stetson Bennett was going to be there. What's Stetson Bennett's like true range to be drafted? Uh, Stetson Bennett is in this type of range, like two hundred to two twenty five. Typically, I mean, it would be a little bit of a, a drop to get him here, but. That's what um, I was hoping. I was hoping to bring the the pride of Georgia to uh, to Atlanta, but yeah, that would have. I mean, that would have made the people happy. That's yeah. a way to get the commenters, get the, the YouTube yes. commenters, on your side. Yes. I, I think that's a pro move because I go on like these Cincinnati and New England mock drafts, and I, you know, they're just destroying me. Like, how could you say this player's not any good and whatever? <laughs> got to win the people over sometimes. All right, what uh, do we got then? If I don't go quarterback, um. Jordan McFadden, it wouldn't be a bad idea to give some depth to the to the offensive tackle position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we you basically have your pick. And I'm not going to pretend I know anything about these late-round prospects. Right. You have a center in Brett Nealon. Um, did we end up uh, taking a center or no? We did not. Okay, I think that we might be We took Steve Avia at guard. Right. Um, yeah, let's take, let's take Brett Nealon. Let's take the USC center. All right, the interior a little bit, and now the moment of truth, where PFF judges you for your picks. What's been the highest rank, uh, rating so far? I've I've gotten a few A pluses on my own. Ooh, yeah, I've gotten a few A pluses on my own. Oh, we took so many picks; it's going to take a while for for the AI to figure out. To, oh, all right. Uh, they're they're not big fans of the Steve Avia pick. No. At, but uh, they love Nathaniel Dell and Carl Brooks. Wow, they, they're they they a, a overall. I mean, hard to. I, I would say that this was a really good like objectively, not a Falcons fan, right? You get your corner to put across from AJ Terrell. Position of need, offensive line. You get a wide receiver, maybe not a true edge rusher in Carl Brooks, but then you draft another edge rusher afterwards. Like, what do the people want? This, this is what they want. This has to be, I mean, outside of Lamar Jackson or like, you know, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, this to me, I think is a job well done. Ian. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on which corner it all comes down to, especially that first pick, which of the two corners, because I think in that spot, I think you do go corner for sure. Yep. Uh, so it just depends which one you like more to fit into the Falcon scheme a little bit. I forget who is still there. I think I, I, I could have gone pass rusher with a 44th overall pick. I could have gone with a USC guy whose last name we can't pronounce. Um, he was the other guy I was eyeing 44th overall. 
Um, but I, I just like Steve Avia a little bit more to shore up the interior of the offensive line. I don't know what we're doing in the left guard position. I think it gives us a pretty strong option there. Uh, and then I don't think you can really argue with any other pick. Yeah. And of course, our back-to-back of Anthony Johnson Jr., Corey Trice, they may have done some bong grips, but getting them at 224 and 225, <laughs> yeah. A-plus to both. Uh, check out Ian McMillan on Twitter, at Ian MacBets. He's the host of the Bacon Bets podcast, and you can check it out on YouTube as well. Bacon Bets on YouTube. This has been the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. If you did enjoy the content today, make sure you smash that like button. Subscribe to the Forward Progress YouTube channel. We're back tomorrow with the Washington Commanders on the